Turns out there is a chip in the football. Who knew? <laughs> they Nobody told us until it snaked its way onto the broadcast one day. Like, what? Why aren't they <laughs> using it to, you know, yeah, calculate the, first downs and everything? There was some explanation to why they don't use it. The placement in the full, they, none of them made any sense to me whatsoever. <laughs> it's all probably fake. 855-212-4CBS. Welcome to Baggy and Perloff. So glad to have you. It's the eve of the divisional round, and we couldn't be more thrilled. So there's a, a few individuals and teams, Perloff, who are feeling just a bit more pressure than everyone else. If we were going to sort of rank the pressurized people who heading into the weekend, I think far and away, number one is Josh Allen. He was the preseason MVP favorite. Bills were Super Bowl preseason MVP, uh, Super Bowl favorites, pardon me. Josh Allen is now including playoffs, has 22 turnovers. And the reason why I think he feels the pressure is because he's the offense, right? However he plays is how the Bills are going to go. Now, I don't know if it has to be that way. I think the Bills actually could run an offense that has a few more checkdowns. It doesn't always go for these home run plays. They could use the run game more. But with Allen, it's so all or nothing at times with him, especially when games are late and close, that I think he has to win the award for most pressure going into the weekend. See, I would disagree just a little bit because Allen can have a monster game. Last year, Allen had a monster game against the Chiefs in the divisional round. They lost. And that could happen. That could theoretically happen again. Even last week against the Dolphins, he still led them to 34 points. Still, I know, but his they, fumble was yeah. the fumble and scoop score into the end zone made that game as close as it could be. Right, but they still tripled the Dolphins in yards. I mean, they he had huge numbers. My point is, I think the pressure extends beyond Allen here. If Allen has a huge game and the Bills lose, it's a possible scenario. Yep. Then I I I, th- I think the Bills are really going to regret this season. I think the, the pressure is mounted Super Bowl or bust. And yep. It's not just on Allen. The same thing if if what happened in, with Kansas City last year, if that happens again, it is going to be even more heartbreaking because of the expectations on this team. And none of that's going to go on Allen. So I I think it's a more global. I think a lot of the Bills are feeling pressure, not just Allen. Yeah, and they should be. <laughs> Quite frankly, they're a five and a half point favorite. They have a home game. Bengals probably don't feel like they should have the home game, wanted this game in a neutral stadium. And, you know, I there's another part of this too, which is you just can never tell about the emotion of what happened with DeMar Hamlin. It's so amazing that he's doing better, but even his family put out a statement recently, a uh, friend of the family cautioned, like, listen, he still, like, has to have oxygen and he gets winded oh, easily. Like, this is going to be a, a really long recovery for him. You know, there's still that emotion, and he's in the building now a couple times, like, at some point, do you just get so drained yeah. off of everything that's happened this season? Yes, definitely. I was wondering about that. Are there potential sort of goats, not greatest of all time, but goats taking the blame? I mean, that that secondary's got to work. The secondary's pretty good, as I understand, but they have to worry about T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. Yeah. I think we could walk out of that game saying, man, the, the Bills' defense let us down. Definitely. I mean, that's a 100% possibility. The pass rush has not been the same since Von Miller went down, and... You know, yeah, Tredavious White had to take a long time to get himself back into playing shape. And now you're down to Mar Hamlin, who was a backup for Micah Hyde. Yeah. So now you're down to your third string safety. Absolutely. I mean, they're, you know, relying a lot on a rookie to play corner on the other opposite Tredavious White. So there's a lot there that can I mean, happen. Okay, who's look, number two on the pressure? Let me just yet? ask you real quick yeah. before we get to number two. How much pressure do you think is on Joe Burrow? 
oddly not as much. Zero, because he's got two left tackle, a uh, left tackle, right tackle out. His best guard out. That's not nobody why. expects the Bengals to be at their best this week. That's weekend. not why. It's because he already made it to the Super Bowl. Oh no! I mean, those injuries would have worked. They would have been fine. I mean, under normal circumstances, if you're missing three offensive linemen. That takes a pressure, unless you're Patrick Mahomes, that takes the pressure off the quarterback. See, I, and it's on the road, too. It's on the road. They're underdogs. He's already been to the Super Bowl. Like, I think that there's, I, I don't think that he's feeling the pressure. I would say number two on the list, if Josh Allen and the Bills, both are number one, I think number two are your Philadelphia Eagles. And I know that Jalen Hurts has a bum shoulder. I know Lane Johnson, their left tackle isn't 100%, but the Eagles are the best team, one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NFL, basically all year until Jalen Hurts' yeah. injury. No, there's a lot of pressure, but I think... Also, you're playing the Giants, yeah. and yeah. you're a touchdown, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite, I think and you're at a, home. I think there's a lot of pressure on the Niners, too. I don't think it's much different. I think every single person in San Francisco thinks they're the team to beat in the wait, NFC. Wait, wait, let's unpack the Eagles first. No, I'm just saying... I don't, I'm not just glossing they, over. I don't Eagles. think there's more pressure on the Eagles than the Niners. I think... I think they both have equal pressure. Okay. I don't put them as a clear number two to me. Totally disagree because the 49ers are doing this all with Brock Purdy. Yeah, but they don't think that way anymore, I don't think. They might not, but yeah. every, but if Brock Purdy goes out and throws three interceptions in this game. That's one, not going to happen. Okay, but let's just say for, let's say That's it just, does. I'm saying the style of play. They're not going to let him throw three interceptions. Just start handing it off to Debo every time. But please, <laughs> go ahead. Well, I'm just saying if he somehow costs them the game, which I know this oh, is like. that could happen. This okay. is like, you know, what Shanahan does is make it so that there's no way that Brock Purdy can cost you the game. I would hope so. I would hope so. Because I don't want to come in Monday and have Brock Purdy throw three interceptions <laughs> and use that soundbite. Yeah, probably not. But I think that everyone would give them a bit of a pass because, oh, my gosh, the seventh-round rookie finally looked like a rookie. What did we expect? We yeah. knew it was coming at some point. Well, it finally I mean, listen, happened. I mean, you know there's an excuse with the Eagles. I mean, I don't care if he's off the injury list. Everyone's going to immediately say Jalen Hurts' shoulder Yeah. if they lose this game. The, I, my real concern of this game, I've been talking about all week, is that the Giants control the clock because Daniel Jones and third and six run seven yards. Yes, he's been it doing it all year long. So the Eagles... Typically, if not, they when they've struggled, the other team has run and kept the ball out of their hands. So the Giants have a chance to do that. I mean, this is not, I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen, but this is exactly the kind of team that can beat the Eagles. Yeah, but on the flip side, the Eagles can do the exact same thing to the Giants because you can yeah. run on the Giants. So it's like, are, are we expecting everything's just going to be like a 10-play drive that takes like seven minutes <laughs> off the clock? Yeah. You do one, they do one, you do one. Well, that's kind of what the Vikings-Giants was. Yeah, Any, that's true. Every third down was completed. But yeah, I, I think there's a lot of Super Bowl or bust in San Francisco. I think we we that's where we disagree. I know Brock. They've forgotten that Brock Purdy's Mister Irrelevant. They think that he's the man now. Okay, so that's one, two, three, or one, two, and two A. Yeah. The next person feeling the most pressure is a is a singular person, and it's got to be Maher, Brett oh, Maher. But he the, doesn't count. The be kicker for the Dallas Cowboys just singularly himself has got to be feeling so much pressure. Wait, I'm wait, so wait. glad I'm not this guy. <laughs> I, I, you couldn't pay me a million dollars to switch places with him. Here's a question I have. You're seeing all of these guys on the Cowboys. Zeke Elliott, Dak, McCarthy, just like we're behind him. We believe in him. He's the guy. He's going to be perfect. We have all the faith. Do you think that's helpful or do you think that like giving him all of these platitudes, it's almost like, I don't want to say condescending, but it's almost hurting more than helping. Like maybe the tough love, like, dude, get your butt out there and just kick those damn field goals. 
Because you see all these platitudes uh, at some point, like they just become white noise. and so No, I think you gotta, I think it matters to back them up. But actions speak louder than words. They can say all the stuff. They brought in another person. We've never heard of this guy before, but they brought in another Wait, guy. Wait, I didn't know he was part of this. You're telling me you think there's more pressure on Josh Allen than Brett Maher? Because, of course, Maher's number one by a mile. Well, for, we're ranking. Well, he's one. I mean, nobody's <laughs> facing the kind of pressure in this playoff field that Brett Maher when he walked out for that first no, kick. So the reason why I have him at four is because he's also replaceable. Josh Allen, if he's throwing a stinker, I'm sorry, Case Keenum's not coming in. Like, you know, Brock Purdy, who's, yeah, yeah. He, who's even the backup for the 49ers? I have no idea. Anyway, that yeah. guy's not coming in. So Sudfeld? Or who, no, Sudfeld's gone. Who is the back? Uh, Josh Johnson? Is Garoppolo going to be back? No, I don't think he's Josh going back Johnson. till next week. Josh Johnson. They're not putting in Josh Johnson. So it's like Maher might get replaced on the spot. If he misses the first PAT or field goal, you're not going to see him the rest of the game. And you're probably never going to see him in the NFL again. That's that only sounds thing like a lot of pressure to me. What? That's only if they address the other guy because right now he's on the practice squad. Yeah, this guy, you know. yeah. They have to decide if they're going to. And they might him. not want to use that that roster spot. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like Maher has the most pressure. That's pressure. That, well, so, so, so he only can has, you imagine that well, sitting over that ball? Yeah, but Maher only has pressure if he has to make an important kick at some point in the game, right? He can miss two extra points early in the game and they still win by 30. You don't think he has pressure on the first? Yeah, the first one's got to be. Uh, that yeah, one's got to go in. <laughs> on the first kick, but even, again, even if he misses those first two kicks and they win by 20 or lose by 20, it's not going to matter. Yeah. Like, Dax yeah, can have like pressure Tampa. for four straight quarters on every single time he touches the ball. You know, it's funny. Michael Lombardi, who's been a friend of the show, former general manager, had a good point on his podcast recently, Perloff, about why on ESPN were they not showing us Maher warming up before the second half? Because, you know, the kickers come out during halftime. Like, we have no idea. Did he make a couple of those and then missed more PATs after halftime? Yeah, wasn't the report that he would look good in half? I, I, mean, I don't remember the report. He was out there the entire half. He, like, he, he never even went in the locker room. And right. then he still missed a PAT after halftime. Yeah, but by the way, what Mike was saying about how if he misses the first two, that's okay. I mean, <laughs> obviously that would be that would It'd definitely be a disaster. That would I definitely totally be the lead on Monday at three o'clock if Brett Maher misses his first two extra points. It, no, I'm not saying that it wouldn't be the lead. I'm just saying, like from a pressure standpoint, if he misses a kick or two, it might not even matter. If Dak has a bad game or throws bad picks, it's going to matter because he's the quarterback, and right. the quarterback versus the kicker is significantly more pressure. But, just yeah, but if he misses the first one, Maher, that is, he's not going back out there. Yeah. Only if they have a second kicker dressed. If they don't, he's going back out there. Whether no, they like I think it or they'll not. just go for two. The other thing, though, Josh Allen and Dak Prescott, those guys get to run around and play football, and yeah, there's pressure on them. But at least you know they get to <laughs> exercise, and I think there's you get to work that out during the game. Right. You're a kicker; you have no way to work this out. You only have that kick. I think that's a. It's you know we're talking about pressure being anxiety in your brain. The kicker has more, although. Global pressure, I agree. It's Josh Allen. Yeah, Maher's but not playing for his legacy. Who's <laughs> under the most pressure this weekend? It's definitely Maher. The Maher legacy. The Maher legacy. It's been dented significantly. That, that book was one of the three best I've read this week. <laughs> yeah, right. Andre Agassi biography, Bill Russell, Brett Maher. Uh, let's go to Oscar. He's in California. Oscar, what's up? Hey, guys. Yeah, um, Cowboy fan, definitely here out of, out of Southern California. Grew up with the boys. Uh, when when they won those championships in the early nineties, um, I really do think that that Maher is at a situation where if he goes out and fumbles it or or misses it um, within the first or, or two tries, we got to go for two. We yeah. got to go for two. We have 
we have the run game. We have the one-two punch with TP and, and Zeke. We can always uh, go up to old trusted Schultz. Um, and I think that, you know, Dallas really at this point, the pressure is on, on Maher. And, and to a certain extent, I feel like if he does drop the ball, there's, there's no other out for the Cowboys. We can't afford to give up one or two points in a game like this. It's, you know, it's Oscar, it's so funny because, and thank you for the call, and it's a great point, even though Dallas was even looking dominant in the game against Tampa, it was the missed extra points that made you think, okay, maybe they have a shot to True. come back until True. obviously not. So Laura is in the chat, Perloff. You can watch us on YouTube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. She was at the Tampa Bay game. Mm-hmm. against the Cowboys. She said, no, he missed the kicks at halftime, too. She said, I was at the game. We saw him. There you go. I thought I read that he did okay at halftime. I, like Schefter or somebody was tweeting about his half. He at least was saying he kicked the entire halftime. Man, this is bad. This is really bad. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, it's been bad. <laughs> this is really <laughs> well, bad. Well, he made the last one. So what? He missed four <laughs> out of five extra points. I know. It was unprecedented. We've never seen anything like it. And don't forget, he had missed a PAT at the end of the game against the Commanders. So at one point, he had actually missed five, five straight. Yeah. No, I, I would not I would not dress him. I'd go with the other guy. I'd go with this guy, anyway. Yeah. And the job is to hit an extra point. I don't care about the field goals. Well, I mean, the field all, goals could end up meeting the game. Yeah, I mean, Mara was, was great this year. Yeah, I remember so many times he was really a dangerous weapon for them. He's really good deep. But come on, you need the extra. You need the baseline. <laughs> it's like hitting the free throw. Yeah, exactly. You, you, need, you, need to hit, you need the guy who can hit a layup before you start <laughs> being Steph Curry. Exactly. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. All right, did we nail it there? Who's got the most pressure? Wait, by the way, yeah. why was that a we? I am not signing off on your pressure. Okay, list. my because pressure Brett, list. Because Brett Maher has clearly got more pressure this weekend. He's got <laughs> the most pressure by of any human being in this entire planet. Is who's the- <laughs> not in the Russia-Ukraine war. This is Jeez. <laughs> this is so much pressure. I don't think we've ever seen an athlete under this much pressure. Is it weird to put up a poll question, who's got more pressure this weekend, Josh Allen or Brett Maher? Does I mean, that Maher make no has sense? To win. Yeah, Maher or Brett has Maher to win. versus the field? How do you how do you word that poll question? I mean, I guess it, defi- it depends how you define pressure, but I th- I mean, even you know what I mean. Yeah, is anyone facing more pressure than Brett Maher? Yeah, Josh Allen has been in a bunch of playoff games. No, I know, and he also got paid already. Like, there's, I know there's like a lot more that goes into this. But yeah, yeah, I guess it depends. If you're talking about who is most nervous going into this weekend, (laughs) definitely. Who's the most nervous? I'm nervous for him, and I'm not even rooting (laughs) for the Cowboys. I want the Cowboys to lose badly, and Brett Maher to just have the best day of his life. You actively root against the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, but I want Brett Maher. Oh, I want Maher to do so well. I feel so bad for the poor guy. (laughs) (laughs) I relate to him. I'd be the kind of guy to miss four extra points. So you want the Niners to win like thirty-five to six or something, or like Maher just kicks two nice, you know, field goals and then two forty-yarders. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. No, 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 no. he's. It doesn't matter. He could hit hit a million field goals. He's got to hit an extra point. Okay, that's how his uh, legacy. (laughs) Thirty-five ten is what 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 we want. That would be the ultimate irony is if he hits a 60-yard field goal but misses a PAT. Yeah. I'm sure it could happen. By one. That's got to be like a 30 oh. for 30 if that happens. I mean, that's could, epic. Could you imagine he hits a 60-yarder to tie the game with three minutes to go, and then they score a touchdown at and the very end? The he misses the, yeah, oh, my goodness. 
I mean, the universe is not that cruel, is it? The un- hey, sports is cruel. Like, what did Brett Maher do in a past life that he <laughs> would deserve that? Oh, my gosh. All right, Brett Maher has probably made more playing football this one year than all of us will make our entire life. We do feel <laughs> no, too bad. I'm sure he makes $1.8 million or something. No, but, like, people get weird about these kickers. They get, like, death threats and stuff. Yeah, you know, people yeah. are strange. Finkel I do think it's, yeah, Finkel. It is weird. Whenever we feel bad for professional athletes, remember... They're getting a lot of money to play a kid's game. I know, but they can't say that because when they say it, it sounds bad. Like when LeBron James says, when I wake up tomorrow, I'm still LeBron James and you're still you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but people are feeling so bad for Brett Maher. I mean. Yeah, I don't think Scott Norwood is thinking about all the money he may or may not have made. I think Scott I Norwood think his life's pretty good, actually. I think when he walks around his 19-bedroom house in western New York, I think Scott okay. Norwood with a yeah. 19 bedroom house. Wow. How much were kickers bedrooms. making back in the early 90s? I bet you Scott Norwood. Yeah, I bet you made a ton of money. No, I, I don't know if he made a. T- I don't know one kicker that was making a ton of money back. He probably then. made a million dollars a year. Or what? I mean, I don't know if he made a million dollars a year. But I would also ask this question: Is there any home in Buffalo, New York, that has 19 bathrooms? Yeah. I don't think so. You can get a 19-bedroom house for $335,000 no. in Buffalo. I don't even think, like, Jim Kelly's house has 19 bathrooms. No. I mean, he might have 2,000 acres, but it doesn't have 19 bathrooms on it. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Okay, who's feeling the most pressure? Is it Maher over everyone else? Or do you have any more candidates? Also... Coming up later in the show, we will make our show picks, Maggie and Perloff style. Just to tell you how much pressure is on this, Perloff and I dead even, dead even in our picks going into the divisional round. Who's going to emerge victorious? Hang on and find out. 855-212-4CBS. Don't move. More Maggie and Perloff right after this. This NFL postseason, every Westwood One NFL broadcast streams live for free. All on the road to Super Bowl 57. Catch all the action on the Odyssey app on westwoodonesports.com. Via Westwood One station streams or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports. All sponsored by AutoZone. Free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone. AutoZone, where you're getting close to prediction time. Mm-hmm. Man, the divisional round, I was looking at some data, Maggie, yeah. which was my first mistake. <laughs> but yeah. there's a running the numbers. There's a large statistical trend for teams that are between seven point and eleven point underdogs to win on divisional round. There's Is that right? Very, very often a I mean not obviously the favorite wins more often, but that is a prime upset, like money line upset. Is this like with happen. the NCAA tournament, like yeah. your 5-11? Basically, the divisional round is no stranger to upset. So I think if everyone's just not going to watch a Giants game or the Jags game, they're making a mistake because one of those games easily could turn. Yeah, and I know you're scared to death that it's going to be the Giants upsetting the yeah. Philadelphia Eagles. But if if only one of them's going to turn, statistically, I would think it's more likely, well, no, you're probably in, no, in it's the line definitely, of fire. I mean, it's definitely the Giants. It's yeah. the third game. It's the, the divisional game. Yeah, Saturday night. And I think the only reason the Jags are nine-point dogs is because everyone knows the Chiefs blow leads and let teams sneak back on the line. Yeah, but— For know, no apparent reason. I know. Well, maybe, you know, because you can throw on their defense a little bit and because— Right, but they a lot of those games weren't in question where they didn't cover. They were way up. Yeah. They just let the team score vacant points at the end. So that's that's the backdoor cover with the Jags. I'm not touching that one. That's not my game. I was reading this uh, on uh, The Athletic today. Doug Peterson 
a perfect 6-0 and against the spread and 5-1 and outright as a playoff underdog, does that mean anything to you going into this game? No, because of the Andy Reid number. No, but Andy Reid's not as good as a, yeah, as a home Reed favorite buy, or against... Yeah, buy number. Well, off of the buy, but it depends which one, which number do you want to believe in. Andy Reid against the spread, Andy Reid as a home favorite, which has not been nearly as sparkling as Doug Peterson as an underdog. Well, yeah, but Andy Reid against the spread is it's almost a spark. It has a much bigger body. How many games has that been? 27? Well, I think that, uh, yeah, it's a, a bigger and, body of work. 24 and 3. No, I mean, listen, 6 and 0 is, uh, again, trends are 27 and 4. Against after, the spread. No, no, well, yeah, against the uh, after Coming buy. off the bye, yes. Yeah. But can you look up as a home favorite? Yeah, I'm, I just said I'm not, I'm scared of that number nine. I, I feel like the Chiefs could get up. 27 to 10, and then let Trevor yeah. Lawrence score late. I well, can easily see that scenario. Because there's not going to be any scenario where the Jags are going to stop throwing. Yeah, and we've seen this. It seems like the story of the season where teams get big leads and go into prevent defense and the other team scores. Nine's a ton of points. Yeah, I know. That's why it's like it's too tempting. I'll bet you of the four games that I have no idea. If this, I'll bet you that's a least bet game because – People don't think, I don't think people have a handle on how the Chiefs are going to win this game. Yeah, you're right. Well, the last time they played, the final score was 27 17. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what they're doing to you there. I also feel the one team that does not protect the lead at all is your team, the Buffalo Bills. Do they do not? They really do not. No. <laughs> they just, I know, Perloff. This is why I'm that. so, ups- I'm so, you know, nervous going into So do you think it's going to be like every game where they're going to jump up 17 3 and then make it really close? Uh, Yeah. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> that or well, I think at least yeah. they jump out of the league. That's something <laughs> to look forward to. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. Let's go to Dominic, who's in San Francisco. Hey, Dom, what's up? Hi, thanks for taking my call again. I seem to be developing a predilection for your show. I, <laughs> I, I like it a lot. We're contagious. The pressure does seem to be on those Vegas odds makers. At having the Niners. Plus four seems a little light. And wouldn't you agree that's probably going to go up before game time? Well, it's the and Niners. It's, it's the Niners minus four. The Niners are the favorite. Well, minus four, yeah. the, the spread being four seems yeah. a little light. And one more thing real quick. Sure. If you had to pick only one, is it Caddyshack or is it Happy Gilmore? Oh, Dominic, thank you for the phone call. Oh, man. It's tougher to pick than whether or not the Giants are going to upset the Eagles. No, no, he's talking about Caddyshack 1, not 2. I, I know, Samter. I, <laughs> I know. I'm the only one who likes Caddyshack 2. I didn't think he meant that. Um, you know, and also, kudos to Sandler, who doesn't make sequels. He never yeah. made a, a Happy Gilmore 2. Grown Ups 2. Oh, he did make Grown Ups 2. I never Hotel saw that. Transylvania, he made 3. Yeah, but you know, those, are, those are different. Yeah, those, those are, are awesome. Fantastic. That's his most lucrative movies. Yeah, big fan of those. Huge, yeah, they're great. Um I tell like you, he could have done, you know, Billy Madison too. He could have done. I tell you right now. I mean, how I do you advance Billy Madison's character? They'd find a way. <laughs> That's a good point. I guarantee right now, Adam Sandler would answer that question, Caddyshack. And I know as a fact, yeah. he worships Caddyshack. Yeah. Happy Gilmore is great, but Caddyshack is, I mean, it's Caddyshack. I think it's Caddyshack too. I mean, Happy Gilmore is hilarious though. Wait, yeah, Caddyshack Happy... T-O-O or T-W-O? As well. As well. Thank you. <laughs> also, how do they advance Billy Madison? Do, he goes to college. No, Billy Madison, the adult. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I mean, Billy Madison running a... Uh, oh, he's running the company. Running the company? Yeah. I guess that could be interesting. 
Oh, that, big now it kind of seems like a mistake that, they didn't, that it, they didn't make that. Isn't that Mr. Deeds? Never saw it. Oh. Oh, Mr. Deeds is great. John DeTaro. Uh, actually, I think he might be making a Hubie Halloween, too, in case you missed Hubie Halloween 1. I did. <laughs> I don't have any idea what you guys are talking about uh, now. Hubie Halloween he did also see, oh. make Eight Crazy Nights, an animated Hanukkah movie, if you ever saw that. Yeah. Yeah. That is glorious. Hubie Halloween is pretty funny. He plays this... I can't even describe the plot. You guys haven't seen Hubie Halloween? Nope. No. Stu <laughs> oh. with an emphatic I've no. I've seen basically every Sandler movie ever, and I've never even heard of that one. It's like Night of the Living. It came out last year, I think, it was, or two years ago. It's sort of a Night of the Living Dead Sandler thing. It's absolutely laugh out loud funny. It's, it's a cartoon? No, it's a movie. Oh. You know, he's, and you know, have you guys Sorry. seen, he's done so many Netflix movies. You guys probably don't even know. Do you remember? He's done two Anderson movies, right? Yeah. Well, uh, I saw one of them, like, um, uh, Family vacation or something or or something where they they go onto like some boat and it's like a murder mystery. Yeah, and you, you don't know this one, do you? No, right? but he's getting paid so much money by Netflix. Yeah. Of course, he's got to start turning. He, he's, by by first... the way, he, he reunites with Julie Bowen in Hubie Halloween. How are you burying the lead? Happy Gilmore. Oh, there you go. Yeah, she was from uh, Modern Family. Yeah. Can I just tell you real quick? I'm sorry. He has made. Okay, have you seen this one? Home Team, Hubie Halloween, The Wrong Missy, which he didn't star in, but he produced. Uh, let's see. Uncut Gems, Murder Mystery. It's a Jennifer Aniston movie. Did you watch that one? Nope. It's pretty that, that, good. That's what I was telling you about. I think they're doing a sequel. Hotel Transylvania 3. Uh, <laughs> the Week Of, which I was in. He's done, I think, eight Netflix movies, including, have you seen the Western? That one is great. Yeah, like uh, Magnificent Seven or something, or the crazy, oh, something like that. Yeah. Maggie, yeah. Man, you you gotta, guys got to, like, start a podcast or something going you gotta just catch through up. Sandler movies. You got to catch up on all these Sandler's movies. Sandler's my spirit animal. <laughs> Does he know that? Oh, <laughs> uh, what's the Western call? Help, help Sorry, me out. Tim in the chat is said it, Hubie like Halloween is horrible. You guys. Tim knows nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Also said the Kenny. ridiculous six is what it's the called. ridiculous six. So Dan Patrick is in all these movies. That's why I know I'm him sure. so well. Dan plays. I'll just give you a, a little glimpse into the ridiculous six. Dan plays Abraham Lincoln. Oh, I can see it. And Luke Wilson and his is his bodyguard. The scene before Luke Wilson goes, "Hey, Abe, do you mind if I go to the bathroom?" And he's walking to the bathroom and he sees John Wilkes Booth. And he goes. John Wilkes Booth, the actor, huge fan. Oh, God. Shakes his head. And then he goes to the bathroom and he's sitting on the toilet and he hears boom. That's how they played out that scene and Dan gets shot. <laughs> you tell me what? that doesn't sound like a fun movie? It is great. Wow. John Wilkes Booth, it's you. I'm a huge fan of Big your work. Fan. <laughs> like John Wilkes Booth was the Brad Pitt of his day. Yeah, you can picture Luke Wilson <laughs> uttering the line. Let's be honest. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Depends what side of the coin you're on. That was Tuesday show. Oh, <laughs> reignite that controversy. John and the Luke Wilson voice. John Wilkes Booth. You know how he sort of says that. Yeah, don't, don't sell these movies. Okay, but short. I also now am realizing. Of course, you've watched all these Sandler movies for Dan's so in long. Every one of them. Dan was your boss, and you yeah. have to see him. Dan's in twenty-three Sandler movies, and he's. Hysterical and literally everyone. I Not know. everyone. He there's this He's one a good where, actor, Dan Patrick. Dan I was just watching actor. Blended. Have you seen, I'm sure you've seen Blended. Yeah, Dan plays the owner like, of Dick's like, Sporting yeah, like Goods. Dick Theodopolis or something. Yeah, he owns a Dick Sporting He's Goods. Hilarious. He's got a fake mustache on. He's doing the whole. Yeah, Wait a minute. I actually though knew the actual owner of Dick Sporting Goods. The, well, he was a franchise owner. He wasn't the. Oh, okay. Dick. He wasn't. <laughs> the original Dick's is from Binghamton, New York. There you go. <laughs> no. Wow. Um, everyone knows their family. Like everyone went to school with one of. 
<laughs> Wait, the best two dad roles. One, he plays a guy who monitors the water slide. You know the guy who says, yeah. all right, you go down, you go down. <laughs> and they're always terrible. And they usually Power are trip. leading to, yeah. yeah, and they're usually leading to like, mangled limbs. The other one, I got to show you this one. He plays, it's a Halloween movie and he's Larry Bird and his shorts go too high. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, you got to you gotta catch up. Spend a weekend, maybe on the plane. You're going to love all these movies. <laughs> Our plane out to Phoenix? For the Super Bowl, I'm going to spend it watching all the Sandler movies. John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> and once again, Ackerman sits here like, what the hell did <laughs> I just walk into? Doing? It's like, is I'm it? a little more up on these one. So. <laughs> Shocker. Well, Ack is friends with Alan Covert, of course, who is Sandler's writing partner, yeah. who was Grandma's Boy, which is one of the... If you're not a Grandma's that, Boy fan, I don't want to be friends yeah, with that, you. That's my number one of all the Happy Madison productions. Jonah Hill... Somehow at NYU, I didn't get in with that crowd. Can you believe it? Where, where, where would my life be now if I, if I had? Oh, were you there with Adam Sandler? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to play basketball in the courtyard at Weinstein. Were you friendly with him? No. If anything, it was like, hey, how's it going? You know, that kind of guy. I know. So, Ackerman knows everybody. But, my, but Sandler used to have a lot of parties in his dorm, and uh, some, of my, some of my friends who were residence assistants in, in the dorm were... Uh, had to do the unfortunate thing and say, hey, you got to end the party. Aww, <laughs> oh, no. What about uh, Judd Apatow? Uh, no, I did not know him at all. Okay. I, I don't think he's an NYU guy, is he? Oh, he lived with Sandler in, oh, in yeah, New York. Okay. Maybe, I guess it was post-NYU. Tim Hurley, he was a, was an NYU Tim, guy? Adam Sandler, right, you don't know. Tim Hurley, he's an all-time legend. Anyway, we're getting off on that's a deep gotta, tangent on no, playoff that's weekend. That's got to be such a bummer to be an RA. A resident advisor? I, I actually spent a semester to, as a resident advisor to get a better dorm room. Oh, that's that's why you do it. I can see it's terrible. Bus kill. I know, going but then, around. guys, guys, no, guys, no, no. Perloff's not breaking up parties. Perloff's like, hey, <laughs> no, 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 no. Keep it, it down. Wink, wink. No, it's funny. Wait, I had was this, he like nose in a book. I was a junior, and I had this group of freshmen who were more responsible than me. I was like, <laughs> they're like, no, nah, we can't party tonight. We got to, uh, like we got to study. <laughs> we got to study. Perloff's like losers. I think I think RA and Ivy League is a little bit different than most other experiences. <laughs> yeah, probably. That's when the RAs are the ones you have to yeah, walk yeah, yeah. up the stairs. Yeah. That's a sketchy guy. What's but you, you guys want to know the real reason I was an RA? I had this. I had a dorm room with my own private bathroom in the dorm room. Look at you. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, but you had to be an RA in this particular set of dorms. That's crazy, right? I felt like I was King George or something. Yeah, what are you, the quarterback <laughs> of the football team? Jeez, King, King yeah. George. I don't even know. I felt <laughs> like worthy. Like, King George was saying to himself, man, I have my own private bathroom on this hall. Louis <laughs> yeah. the 14th over here. Jeez. Yeah, I felt like royalty. I mean, my first two years of college, the dorm, the dorm bathrooms were mayhem. I mean, if that doesn't get you chicks, I don't know what will. No, you'd be surprised. Hey, hey, how about uh, you check out my private bathroom? Come on back to my room. I got a bathroom in suite. Yeah, you know, it's funny at a party. That line doesn't work. It comes off as weird. Yeah, yeah. And and, and the negative thing is if you don't keep your bathroom clean, you can't blame it on everyone else on the floor. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, babe. Yeah, toilet. Yeah, hey, babe. Mind. Is your stomach upset? I got a private bathroom. <laughs> wow. That's you are terrible. a good friend. That is terrible. <laughs> Come on, blow up my bathroom. No, no. <laughs> All good. No. To be honest, I would not let anyone use this bathroom. So even if uh, it was a potential hookup, I'd be like, nah, still Sorry, not sharing. Sorry, you got it down the hall, <laughs> Chica. <laughs> I'm King George. I got my own bathroom. I'm not sharing. Imagine dating somebody who called themselves King George because they're the ro royal throne. There you go, the throne. 855-212-4227. Oh, it's a Friday. <laughs> Ackerman again. It's like, why? <laughs> why am I paired with this show? I get, uh, I get, I get coming up. 
<laughs> Simpatico. Uh, coming up next, Perloff and I make our picks again. We are in a deadlock heat. Records even. One against the spread, one over, under one player prop. Try to win you some money. After this CBS Sports update with Rich Ackerman. All right, it's time. No more messing around here. Divisional round, Perloff and I have to make some picks. Samter, the records, please. Well, it looks pretty good so far. Uh, the commanding lead that you had over Perloff early on in the season has dissipated completely. Yeah. And for the past three weeks, you guys have been at a neck-and-neck neck tie. Right now, both 100% square at 32-25, and 25, which is unbelievable that you have now gone 19 weeks <laughs> and you have the exact same record. It's like you're cheating <laughs> off each other's papers. <laughs> it almost feels like the NFL season. It's like we did all this, and now we're down to the divisional round, and it feels like any team can win this week. Either that or Stu completely cheated while I was away and just <laughs> completely finagled the, the records. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately, there's a record of all these shows, all these picks, the good and the bad, <laughs> and everything we say and do. Um. All right. Do you want to do this right away? I, I, I. Okay. So we're picking one game, one over under, and one prop. The yeah. problem is now I have a pick on every game, but what's my one best one is killing me. So I'm going to go second. Okay. <laughs> all right, sir. Well, here we go then. Let's do it. My first game against the spread. I. The reason why I've decided to take Jacksonville plus the nine is not wishful thinking that somehow the Chiefs will get upset. No, no, no. It's a couple factors. Number one, it looks like the weather is going to be pretty gross in Kansas City. Weather's always a good kind of evening out factor, I think, for everybody. Two, we saw with Jacksonville, it doesn't matter what happens or how much they're down at halftime if they're indeed down. They're not going to stop throwing the ball. Now, do I have a bit of a question about their receivers showing up? Like, what's Christian Kirk in a big game? What's Evan Ingram in a big game? Well, these guys have actually been playing playoff games for almost a month now. Their season has been on the line. So I don't worry about the big game factor. I worry a little about them being on the road. But again, I think they're just going to keep throwing and throwing and throwing. So whether or not they can win the game, I'm not sure. But if you're going to give me nine points, I'm going to take it, Perloff. So give me Jacksonville plus nine. Yeah, no, also I like, the Doug Peterson against Andy Reid. I like that a lot. Uh, I am going to come back to that game later on. Okay. So there's two games. I, I like the two NFC games. As I've been talking about all week, I like the Giants to cover seven and a half points. Okay. I mean, you've been telling me I'm crazy and I'm emotionally hedging. Yeah. That certainly seems like a lot of points for what could be a grinded out football game. Seven and a half to me seems crazy. I think that the Eagles are going to win this one going away. Okay. But this one is a maybe an emotional hedge. I think the Cowboys are going to be real competitive. And the fact that that spread got over three points. Yeah, it's at four now. Uh, yeah, plus four. I'm going to take the points with the Cowboys. Not sure they win that game. I know San Francisco has been just marauding over everybody. Yeah. Uh, I'm going Cowboys plus four. Okay. I mean, I think that game's going to be... A Brett Maher field goal attempt. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. If we had been forced, if we had been forced to bet the Bills Bengals, I would have taken the Bills plus five point five, and you would have taken the Bengals. My uh, the Bills, I, minus, the Bills minus five and a half. You would have taken the Bengals, right? Yes, I I stay away from those games. I would have taken the Bengals plus. The yeah, five. I mean, I assume you love those points. Right? I do. Yes. Yeah, and I got to be honest, that five and a half is a lot. But okay, yeah. all right, over under. What do you got? Okay, so over under. I'm going to go to the game you were just talking about. 
San Francisco and Dallas. I'm looking at the weather is fine. There's not going to doesn't look like anything is going to be too crazy in the forecast. And San Francisco and Dallas, the over under right now is at 46. Yes, please. I'll take the over on that. I know these are both great defenses. I understand it. But I mean, the explosive offenses like 49ers have been hitting overs. Their games have been going over for the last like month. Basically, except that game against the Saints where they won 13 to nothing. I mean, there's been a lot of points scored, even though it is a very good defense. So, you know, they're a great defense. But when you get into the red zone, you're able to score. So um, I'm going to take the over on the 46. Yeah, uh, I, I totally agree on that. I I hope since I just picked the Cowboys that they'll contribute to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm counting on it. <laughs> yeah, I hope. OK, so let's talk about that weather in Kansas City. Yeah. Now. It's supposed to be light snow in the second half. All I need is a little wind, a little precipitation, and we're going under 53. Right? Honestly, the way the Jags played last week and the way the Chiefs play every week, you'd think definitely over on that one. I just need a little bit of moisture to make, I don't know, MVS slip or something or to make Christian Kirk drop a football. Yeah. And I'm good because that number is obviously huge. Yeah, it's really big. 53. I'm going under, reluctantly, I hate rooting for an under in a divisional playoff game. This is when you want to see a shootout. You want to see 39-36 Chiefs over Bills. Remember that one? Thank you. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm going, I'm going under. I'm going like, under. Yeah, I got to yeah. tell you right Aww. now, this better not come down to a Jags squib kick overtime game they cost me here. <laughs> I know the Jags did an onside kick the first time yeah. that they played these guys. Okay. Um, uh, what's your prop? My player prop. And there's something about this prop that has been comforting to me as a person. Okay. Because in this crazy world, Perloff, where nothing is a certainty and so many things are just up in the air, Mm. there is one sure thing in this world, and that is Daniel Jones over rushing. (laughs) You've been riding this prop bet the the fourth quarter of the season. It's great. I love it. I almost feel like... It's not even good content for the show anymore because it's been so boring that I keep going with this. But Daniel Jones, 44 and a half rushing yards. I mean, last week he rushed for 78 yards. Like, you say that Philly is susceptible to running quarterbacks? Yeah. You've been telling me that for weeks. Well, they're susceptible to run in general. They're a great, great passing defense with all those quarterbacks. So you don't throw it at them. You you tuck it and run. There's literally, like, no reason why they wouldn't unleash Daniel Jones at every moment. Yeah. No, I I am going to take your advice on that. I'm going to bet on that, too. That's great. But that can't be one of your picks. No, if you're going to ride the pick that's been working for you, I'm going back to interception total. Okay. So Dak Prescott's coming off the cleanest game of his life. There's oh, that's a, and a I'm picking good the Cowboys. One. That's a good one. He's definitely yeah, going over his, his half interception total. Now, unless... The Cowboys say we're facing this ter- incredibly terrifying pass defense. We run it every time. I don't think Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore have that kind of patience. No. This no, is a that's different, a good one. This is a different game, which I know is ironic because I picked the Cowboys to uh, cover the four points. Yeah, but Brock Purdy could throw three interceptions. You have no idea. Just because yeah. Dak throws one doesn't mean they're going to lose. Yeah, you're right. It's sort of a bet on Micah Parsons. So I have two in that game. I am so excited. I'm excited about all four games. Yeah. I'm obviously the Eagles. That's stressful. The two Sunday games are such amazing matchups. Well, I was looking at those bets. There's just so much back and forth. Buffalo, Cincinnati, Dallas, San Francisco. I'm very, I'm really glad that you've decided that you're going to watch the game with friends. 
Yeah. I, I don't want you to be alone for this one. Well, see. And uh, I don't want to be with a bunch of Eagles fans. <laughs> I was offered to go. <laughs> so I'm glad they're doing it. <laughs> I was offered to go down the game, but my parents are out of town. You want to get it? <laughs> I have to be honest. You know what screws me up is that 8.15 start time. That's late. <laughs> I mean, I know. Listen, we that sound crowd, like losers when we say that, but that, it's true. that crowd is going to be lubed up like you've never seen a Philadelphia crowd. Eight fifteen. That's eleven hours of drinking. <laughs> People are going to drink. No one's going to remember out, the game. Wake up. No, they'll be on their third wave. They've already probably taken two naps in their car. I don't even know what that's going to look like, Maggie. I am really scared for. Anybody who's stupid enough to wear a Giants jersey to the link on Saturday. Yeah, Two naps. That That is a long well, what's day. The, what's the appropriate time to start drinking for an 8.15 kickoff? Same as at 1, 1, a, <laughs> 1 p.m. Kegs and eggs? Yeah, I think that they're going to have really, really long tailgates. I mean... What's Buffalo? What, I mean, I assume they're drinking now. I assume Buffalo. They showed up on Thursday. <laughs> I assume if you're in Western New York, you're hammered right now, getting ready for the game. Listen, they're putting Molson Triple X in the baby bottles up there. Yeah, like yeah, you yeah, got yeah. a tolerance that's, uh, <laughs> that's un- a good point. Unprecedented. <laughs> yeah, the tolerance. It could be any time of night, and it's be fine. That's, no, this that's is the cold stereotypes, weather. Maggie keeps you keeps you awake. Just by the way, I'm not. I didn't bet this one, but it's one that I might recommend. The Dallas Goddard 49 and a half. I know tight ends. Yeah. I get it, but I mean the Giants. Linebackers oh, are not this weekend. Awesome. I know we're talking about Brett Maher on Monday. It could also be Dawson Knox, Dallas Goddard, Bellinger on the Giants. It's going to be a huge tight end weekend. Every so quarterback too. here loves it. Evan Ingram, Mike Sampter, Stu Kovacs. <laughs> uh, thank you, you guys on the phone, you guys in the chat. Enjoy the divisional round. You know where we'll be right back here on Monday, three Eastern, noon Pacific, to break it all down. Go Bills, go Eagles. <laughs> Let's do it. See you Monday.